Hello, and welcome to Wavelength's podcast series, Get On My Wavelength, where we ask experts to help answer advancement team's questions. In today's 15-minute session, we'll be answering your questions about how to lead a remote team. We have Bridget Convery joining us today. Bridget is a learning and development specialist. She currently works for Xero, a cloud-based accounting software service for small businesses, and has previous experience at companies like the YMCA, IHC, and Cochlear. With her extensive background in designing global learning programs for teams, with an eye for collaboration and an understanding for virtual delivery, Bridget will be providing some insights and answering your questions about how to successfully lead a team remotely. As a reminder, if you have questions you'd like us to answer in future podcasts, simply email katie at searchwavelength.com. I'm your host, Katie Gibson, Senior Director of Partnerships here at Wavelength. Thank you, Bridget, for joining us. We have several questions from schools that have arisen about remote team management, and we appreciate you sharing your thoughts. So let's dive right into answering their questions. To start, we had one school ask, how do I support my team when there's so much uncertainty? And how do I keep team morale up? This is a great question. For a lot of us, we are at the 60 day plus mark of working from home. And so for some, there's a sense of normalcy that has occurred. And for others, it's still tough. And so really, I think the best way to support your team is to continue that open and honest communication, trying to be as transparent as possible. You might not be able to share everything that's going on within your organization, but what you can share, make sure you're sharing so that they, they know what's going on. Um, if, they're, if you're able to share what the pathways are for your organization and making decisions, financial decisions, that's a great thing to share. It just gives them an understanding of what's coming next. I think the other huge thing is having empathy and encouraging your team members to have empathy with each other. Everyone has a different household, whether they have partners, pets, kids, they all have different needs that are really coming at them from different directions. The other thing to, think to, thing to consider is though we're working from home, it's not working from home. It's working from home through a pandemic. And so it's not, even for those who maybe had been working from home a couple days a week, this is a different situation. So that empathy is huge. The other thing I would say is making sure you're providing some normalcy. And that's kind of to the team morale. Whatever normalcy or whatever things you did before, how can you adapt and pivot and shift those into the virtual environment? Whether that's celebrating birthdays, doing themed uh, Zoom calls with, you know, maybe it's crazy hat day or uh, silly holidays, you know, every day is a different national day of something, celebrating those just to kind of provide some of that normalcy. That's really helpful, Bridget. And going on the same lines of communication, remote communication is a little different. So when we think about communication and remote team management, do you have any best practices you would share? Definitely. I think one of the best things you can do is to ask. Ask your team, what do they want? How do they want to receive communication? I know when we started this 60 days ago, which is crazy to think about, um, we had every single day 
15 minutes. And wow, that just, that's 60 days of that. That's a lot. And so for some teams, well, let's go every other day. Um, let's go two days a week. So asking your team, are the virtual video meetings, the Zoom calls, still working? Is that still what they want? Or could you create a Google Doc or a shared doc of some sort where you're just typing in an answer to a question or how you're feeling or what's what are your wins for the day? Do you have a Slack channel or a social media channel? Do you have a WhatsApp group text? What are other ways that you can communicate? I would say ask your team. They might even have some ideas that you've never even heard of. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is, is to keep that consistent touch points, but know that they don't always have to be the same every day. You talk about how we aren't just working from home right now, that this is a pandemic. Teammates are working with family members, maybe children around, which likely requires a bit more flexibility from work. When you think about that and how we're talking about communicating with the team and asking about their needs, how do you ensure that they are completing their work while respecting their new circumstances at the same time? I think it goes back to empathy, uh, you know, being empathetic to their situations, having an understanding of what they're going through, but then also clear expectations or what I call guardrails. What guardrails are, you know, you think about on the side of the road, there's guardrails to protect you from going off the cliff, right? And so what are the guardrails that you can provide to your team members? What are those maybe minimum, mid, max expectations? Uh, for some people, this might be their first job or their second job, so they might not know what work best practices are. So helping them with that. You, you might feel a little bit like you're micromanaging, and so acknowledge that. Say, hey, this is not what would happen if I was sitting next to you because I could overhear your conversation or I could know what you're working on. I can't see that. I can't hear that right now. And so I just might be asking you a few more questions or asking you to fill in a spreadsheet to say what you're spending your time on. And it's not because I'm checking in on you. It's because I just want to make sure where can I support you? Where can I help you? Where can I help you be more efficient? And so that big transparency piece about acknowledging, yes, this feels like I'm micromanaging you. I'm not. I swear I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to give you those guardrails to help you be effective and efficient in your job. And then I think the other thing is also keep in mind that different people are going to have different times. So I have one coworker who actually has help in the morning with her kids from eight till noon. So eight till noon is where she gets the bulk of her work done. And then after that, well, that's a free for all. But then after the kids go to bed, she can get another bulk of work done. So being flexible with the timelines, you know, getting something done by end of day is not end of business day anymore. Now it's the end of the day. It could be midnight. So being flexible with those two dates. That makes so much sense and actually leads into our next question. Teams are learning to project manage from afar. Do you have suggestions on how to stay on track, to adjust to working from home life and making sure projects are completed? What about time management? As much as you can provide a process, uh, even myself, who's a creative type, I still like to follow a process because it helps keep me on track. And so if you can come to an agreed upon process, and there are so many, you could just Google project planning process. You know, you could, there's Addy, there's Sam, there's different um, agile processes. 
pick one, have your team pick one and say, okay, this is how we're going to organize our projects so that A, it's consistent across the board so that everyone knows what to expect when in each stage of that process. And then find a shared project plan. It could be a spreadsheet or a Google sheet. It could be um, a different software that you have. Some of the softwares can be quite expensive. So an Excel spreadsheet that you can share works perfectly fine. Um, so just making sure that you know what updates are expected, you know maybe how long something should take and providing those guidance and asking your team for input, what works best for them. That's the other great thing is continually to ask them for input because not only are you leading for the first time through this, but they're also working for the first time through this. So working together on working for the best solutions. Thank you, Bridget. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll answer more of your questions about remote teams. Wavelength simplifies alumni relations through better data, more engaged constituents, and easier volunteer management. Enhance your alumni relations today. Visit searchwavelength.com. As you mentioned before the break, Bridget, you know we're about 60 days in and it's looking like it could be a little longer for teams to work remotely. So how would you suggest continuing team growth and development from afar? Definitely, there's a lot of different free tools right now. The cool thing is this is, hmm, the word's not forcing, it's encouraging a lot of vendors to offer free courses. So Coursera, LinkedIn Learning, even, Udemy, which I discovered that's not how you say it, and I'm not sure the correct way to say it. Um, they have, but they're out there. They have free courses, free online courses that they are offering. And they also have some cheap courses. Some courses only cost $10, and they're online courses on a variety of topics from remote leadership, remote working, but then also just your regular communication skills, time management skills. So those are great ways to get that development is finding those free offerings or low cost offerings. And then if you want to do it as a team, bring your team together, say, hey, we're all going to read this article, watch this TED talk or do this free course. And then let's talk about it. How might we incorporate some of those learnings into our work as a team or as our work as individuals? I think it's Udemy, but don't quote me on that. Bridget, as we think about team growth, a lot of that comes from just general drive-bys of people by their desks or grabbing a coffee with someone, that's no longer happening. So how do you stay informed about your team's projects, maybe your colleagues down the hall's projects, when the conversations don't really require a formal meeting? Do you have any recommendations on how to proceed now that everything is remote? If you have Slack, um, and other social media sites might have this as well. You can set up in Slack, you can set up a bot. It's like a coffee chat or coffee talk bot that will randomly pair people up and say, hey, talk about this question and will randomly generate a question. But you can also just randomly generate questions on your own or randomly generate, hey, uh, Bridget and Katie, you're gonna do coffee chat this week. It does take some planning and, and it may feel maybe not quite as natural, but that's okay. That happened. You know, we, we are in a not quite natural work environment. So I think definitely use the tools that are there. And then when you do meet, play games. 
there are so many games that you can play out there. You've got to be creative, ask your team for help, um, ask different people to lead those games. So it's not always you leading everything, but you can do uh, team trivia. You can do scavenger hunts in your home. Um, there are different virtual icebreakers and team activities. Honestly, you just do a Google search and there's so many free things out there right now. And that can just kind of create that sense of fun. And, and what I will say is, you know, a team that has fun together, that really does build trust and really can make you more productive. So make the effort. It does take some planning. It does take some work. But again, reach out to your team. There might be a team member on your, your group that's like, oh, I love this stuff. Assign it to them. Give them something to do. That's a good leadership opportunity as well. Well, Bridget, we just covered a lot, including setting up guardrails, keeping open lines of communication so teammates can speak with each other, with you as a leader, and so you can also inform them of school decisions. You've also shared some ideas to maintain team and personal growth online. Do you have any other anecdotes you want to share with listeners before we close out? I think the last one, I mean, it's probably a heavy topic to, to discuss on the last one is, is just to realize we are going through constant change and a constant crisis. And, and being universities and colleges, you may be familiar with the Kubler-Ross change models or the crisis models and crisis management models of we come into a change and we have different reactions to it and eventually we get to accept it. The problem is we might be getting to acceptance with change one, but change two might be right on its heels. And then change three might be right on the heels of that. So that empathy and, and flexibility with your team is really important. Obviously, you're not their therapist. You don't necessarily need to be their friend, but leading them through that and, and giving them that time and space to process everything that's going through and all those emotions that they're going through. Very valuable thoughts there, Bridget. Thank you so much. To those listening, we hope you found Wavelength's podcast, Get On My Wavelength, useful. Future topics will include marketing with empathy, how to develop a strategic plan in a remote world, and how to think differently to engage with your constituents. We'll be bringing in experts from the field to answer your questions. Simply submit your topics and questions to katie at searchwavelength.com. From all of us here at Wavelength, we wish you good health.